Welcome to another edition of The War Room here on KOKC Radio. I'm your host, Sean Fry. We're going to be breaking down the end of spring sports and the end of another academic year in local athletics. Uh, no more college, no more high school sports going on for the 2022-2023 season. Uh, that essentially wrapped up with the state track and field meet in in uh, in Wichita, which if you ever are a local media and, and get to cover state track, one, it's a great event to see a lot of great storylines. I always enjoy it. But two straight days in the hot sun in Wichita with very little cloud cover, uh, it'll wear you out. I got home on Saturday night, and or Saturday evening rather, and I just crashed and immediately slept for 12 hours. Uh, and I'm still sunburnt from it. Uh, over 24 hours later, uh, just it is it is a brutal couple of days, but it's a fun couple of days. Um, and now we are into the summer, uh, so it, it's an exciting time uh, for athletics. Uh, let's break down some of really the biggest storylines as they transpired uh, going uh, you know down the stretch of the season. First off, a huge shout out to the Chanute Blue Comets, uh, the baseball team. Up there, they get runner up at state. They beat Fort Scott in the semifinals, uh, win a thriller in the first round. That's a team that really had to fight for every single win it had in the postseason. And Chanute finishing as runner up, they lose to McPherson in the state championship game. Hunter Schweigman over the Chanute Tribune, the sports editor there, uh, really provided great coverage for that. The Chanute Blue Comets doing very well. Uh, what a year it was for Chanute, too. Uh, SEK League champs in football. Really a, really a very solid boys' basketball season. Um, a girls' basketball season that had a lot of uh, a lot of uh, highs. Uh, you look at uh, the wrestling team that obviously did what it did. They're, they're going to win the SEK title every year. Uh, and then uh, in baseball, they end up as the runners-up. Uh, just a fantastic year for the Chanute boys. Uh, and they are to be commended. Uh, looking at... Uh, Humboldt Humboldt does well up in the state baseball tournament too. Played all three games. Uh, we're not one and done. Uh, that's basically that. That is most of the local action we had um, in the state tournament uh, for local Southeast Kansas area teams. But the state track state track meet was full of full of fun storylines, uh, and we're going to get into that. But first. I want to talk about what I thought was probably the, what, probably the most fun I had uh, covering the state track and field championships in Wichita this past uh, this past weekend, which was Bethany Umbarger out of Cherryville grabbing a state title in the high jump. That was a thrilling competition, and I was able to stay and watch it in its entirety outside. I think that's when I got the most sunburn. Uh, so, so uh, you know, any coverage of Bethany Armburger winning that state title came at a cost, and the cost was, uh, you know, just 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 a little peeling on my arms. But we'll, uh, but we persevere. Uh, Bethany Armburger, uh, your three A state champion in high jump out of Cherryvale. That was a fun competition to watch. I go up to uh, the high jump pit where they're going, and I and Bethany was just super relaxed. Almost too relaxed, if you ask me. I was, I was looking. I was like, man, she's, she's relaxed, but like, she, it, it, it seems like the moment isn't even hitting her right now. And I'm talking to her coaches, and she finally gets uh, going with some warm ups, and I'm getting some photos of other events, and I see her start to walk kind of near my direction. Um, she's as she's going back, you know, after one run through, and I look at her and I go, Bethany, how are we feeling today? And she goes, like a state champion. And she ended up being right. But I promise you, it was not an easy road there. 
Bethany just didn't look great, honestly, in, in her first few heights. This is a girl who opened, she usually opens a meet at 4'8". She decided to open at 4'10", uh, or enter at 4'10", uh, misses her first attempt at 4'10". Misses her first attempt at four, at five foot. Had to get had to make it on her third attempt at five two. So this is a girl who was seated to be in the competition for a state title. Says that she feels like a state champion, and she is getting by by the skin of her teeth every step up of the ladder. And you're singing to yourself, "When's the wall coming? When is that ceiling coming that she's not going to be able to hit?" If you're not having your best day, and I'll tell you who was having their best day was Lily Ziegler at Council Grove. This is an Emporia State Volleyball Commit uh, headed to play D2 College Volleyball here in just a few months. Uh, and I, I talked to Lily Ziegler briefly after this event. I was like, man, you really do look like a middle blocker. But uh, she she was clearing she, at every height that Lily Ziegler out of Council Grove entered in. I believe she entered in at 4'8". No misses up and through 5'2". Then five foot four comes, and this is where Bethany Umbarger's PR is in a meet. And Bethany clears it on the first attempt, and she comes off looking determined. And Lily needed, and Lily Ziegler out of Council Grove needed two attempts to get five four. So this is where this is kind of an interesting caveat to how tiebreakers are broken in uh, in state track or in track and field meets in Kansas, which is. You count backwards your misses, so from higher to lower. So, even though Bethany had at least one miss at every height up through five foot two, and she had a higher, and obviously just had straight up more misses than Lily Ziegler, by the time both girls got to five six, had neither of them hit it, had neither of them cleared five six, Bethany would have been the state champion because. She cleared 5-4 with no misses, and Lily had one. So basically, you start at the height they cleared, and you start counting misses from the top down. Well, because the first miss that you found was Lily's, there it is. You know, there it was. That would have been it. So and I'm not even sure I totally agree with that scoring system. I mean, you don't you don't play a basketball game, and let's say it was Cherryville playing Council Grove in basketball, and Council Grove wins the first quarter by 20 points, but then Cherryville wins the second quarter by two points, and the third quarter by five, and then and then they win the fourth quarter by by eight. Uh, and and so imagine Cherryville gets the win because they won three quarters out of four. That that was just a weird scoring caveat to me, and not something I even necessarily agree with. I'm also not a track and field expert, you know, like I am with some other sports, particularly basketball. So. I I just don't it's something that would need to be explained to me. I'm sure there's a great explanation out there. Uh and you know probably a good philosophy is it's you know it's the high jump. It's how effectively can you jump as high as you can and if you're not missing at 5 foot 4, you're more effectively at ju- you're more effectively jumping higher than the person who did miss one time at 5 4. So maybe I mean maybe that's the philosophy behind it and that's something that at least is is reasonable to me, but we get to 5-6, and Bethany clears it. Bethany clears 5-6. Lily Ziegler cannot clear 5-6. And when Bethany cleared 5-6, which is two inches above her PR, sets a new PR, sets a new school record at Cherryville, Bethany Umbarger, that was the happiest I may have seen an athlete all year. Uh, just leapt into her coach's arms, uh, comes off the mat screaming. Uh, she knew she had won a state title at that point. And it, it was very fun to see. 
uh, Bethany and Lily got along. It was Lily Ziegler who who put the first place medal over Bethany on the podium. Really fun to see how Bethany Umbarger, you know, gets that state title. And what was really what really stood out was a year ago Bethany Umbarger, who was seated to do at least medal in the high jump, finished dead last sixteenth because she just had the worst day of her life. Really did not perform well last year in 2022. Uh, had to run the 400-meter dash in the middle of competing in the high jump, which is not a recipe for success. Uh, and so she just did not perform well, and that ended up really costing her what was a good day, and she left that event in tears. And a year later, she's leaving, probably leaving it in tears again, but she did obviously doing uh, some fantastic things and winning a state title in the high jump. Bethany Umbarger, and I always say to Bethany Umbarger, who has... You know, this is a girl who can get double-doubles in basketball. She's a very talented athlete. When you go and win a state title on track or you go and get a pretty high-placing medal, it, it starts to sit in your brain that, you know, I actually am a little more athletic than everybody else around me. I, I may be able to do some things. It's, it's a seed of belief, and I'm interested to see how Bethany Umbarger translates that uh, going into next season. We're going to go to a quick break here on The War Room, but when we come back, uh, more uh, state track recap and just looking forward to the summer here on The War Room on KOKC Radio. I'm your host, Sean Fry. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to The War Room on KOKC Radio. I'm your host, Sean Fry. I'm going to keep talking a little state track at you. Uh, the other big event that happened, uh, the other big event I paid attention to uh, down at state track on Saturday morning, uh, Riley Bebb uh, for Lebec County uh, participating, participating, uh, competing in the 4A girls javelin event, she took third in a year ago uh, and really seeking to get second. Full disclaimer, Mackenzie Fairchild out of Andale, the nation's leader in the javelin. She's committed to Texas A&M for track and field. Uh, Mackenzie Fairchild, I'm going to see that. I'm going to see her in a week at the KVA All-Star Game for volleyball where Shelby Wilson for Lebec County is gonna, going to compete. Congratulations to Shelby Wilson. Uh, Mackenzie Fairchild out of Andale, they're one of the best athletes in the state. She was going to be the state champion. She didn't even look good on Saturday. Like, her shoulder was bothering her. Uh, wasn't getting full runway runs. She was just kind of out there and won by 20 feet. It was Mackenzie Fairchild's state title, and everybody else was chasing second. Riley was in that hunt for second. Her first throw, she scratches, but she got it around 140, uh, 140 feet, which would have been good enough for second on the day. Uh, but she scratches her throw. Scratches her second throw as well, but on that second throw, as she's launching, uh, you know, throwing with her right hand, So, and as she launches, moving her body uh, right to left, uh, she swings that back foot around her right foot, and it just lands wrong as she spins down, as she comes down, and it rolls hard. And she has, she has to be attended to medically on the runway. They get her off the runway. She can barely put any weight on it. Keisha trainers come out. Uh, take a look at her. Uh, they run her through some tests, and they do clear her to return, but she, for a couple minutes, she is super ginger on that leg, and it just was not pretty to watch. So she goes up for her third throw, though, really not able to get a full run. Uh, you know, I, I didn't count the steps. I want to say she maybe took five, maybe less. The goal was just get a throw on the board and get her to finals. And she heaves it 126 feet, which at that point was third place. Gets into the finals, does three more throws, and extends her distance out to 137 feet. That's good enough for second place. 
until another girl from Andale, and I'm blanking on her name right now, and I apologize for that, but another Andale girl on her final throw of the day clears 138 feet, which was a PR by 10 feet for her, and takes second away from Riley, and Riley finishes third. Really gutty performance for Riley Bebb. Uh, who also qualified in the discus and the shot put. This is a girl who uh, competed all weekend, uh, very talented in the javelin. She's also probably going to play college softball. Uh, this is a girl who uh, obviously has uh, really developed into a true track talent as well, uh, and just a gutty, gutty performance on that ankle. Uh, she, you know, Later on the day, I see her in the discus, and she just does not look comfortable still putting weight on it. I'm guessing she's still sitting somewhere icing down that ankle, but Riley Bebb, a, a, some show, showing some guts. That was an exciting uh, third-place medal to see uh, for uh, for Labette County and for Riley Bebb, a junior who will have one more year uh, to try and crack uh, and get a state title with Mackenzie Fairchild out of the way at Texas A&M now. Uh, they, another third-place finisher, Parsons Ryan Ryan gets thir- third place in the high jump. A uh, really competitive contest there. Uh, a lot of guys. The SEK League was represented well. You had Caden Seamster out of Chanute, Landon Weed out of Parsons, Xavier Phillips out of Labette County, uh, Seamster and Marion both medal. Marion Ryan out of Parsons getting third, uh, cleared, I believe, 6 2 on the day. Uh, very exciting competition. That was an exciting one to watch as well. In the same high jump bit that earlier in the er, earlier in the meet, I had watched Bethany Umbarger win it. Uh, a lot of highs for for the SEK uh, in that high jump. Four SEK league schools represented in one event. That were, or I'm sorry, four SEK league athletes, three schools in one event. That was fun to see. Um, looking at uh, you know how uh, the the teams did across another few shoutouts. Uh, Anna Cantrell, a distance runner from Lubbock County, uh, gets eighth in the mile. That's her first state mi- uh, medal. This is a girl who is a multiple-time league and region champion in cross-country and in track. Uh, really an exciting athlete to watch. And uh, she she really you know, does a great job uh, in the mile run, secures her first state medal uh, as a sophomore down in Altamont. Uh, will, will be a fun girl to watch over the next two years. Uh, Anaya Hinman getting third in the triple jump, uh, the 4A girls triple jump. Anaya Hinman, one of the best athletes in the area. Honestly, I feel like the two most complete female athletes in the area that will return next year, at least now with all the seniors graduated, uh, the two best female athletes in the area, at least in terms of how well-rounded they are, uh, might very well be Anaya Hemman and Bethany Umbarger. It is going to be fun to watch and see uh, how those two girls uh, really perform in a variety of sports, you know, between your volleyballs, your basketballs, and your tracks, uh, just to see how they perform. Uh, I want to, you know, I'm going to spend about the last five, ten minutes here uh, addressing one of the controversies, really addressing two of the controversies that came out of the state track and field meet in Wichita. The first one is out of Olathe, um, an athlete for Olathe. I'm going to make sure I get the school right here. Olathe Northwest, Kendall Yarnell, a female athlete, uh, one of the best softball players in the state, one of the best track and field athletes in the state. Kendall Yarnell uh, elected to compete for in softball, uh, with for her uh, for her uh, state uh, for her for her state trip after they fall in the semifinals she tries to make it to uh, the discus event the next day so 
So they lose on Friday, and she comes down to Wichita for Saturday uh, to compete in the discus. Now, she was also qualified in the shot put earlier in the day and did not compete in that. Keep that in mind. There's a big diff- there, there's, That's where the differentiation is going to come. She arrives at the discus where she's seated first. Really could win a state title in it. Uh, but Keisha informs her she's disqualified because she did not compete in the shot put. Now, I want to be really quick, real clear. You can be scratched from an event and remain eligible. It's it's a form that the coaches are handed as part of their state track, uh, really binder and packet of forms that they get. Uh, I had one, you know, talking with this, uh, talking about this uh, event uh, w- with another track coach based in the Johnson County area. Uh, one thing that they said was that every coach is always made aware of the policy that you have to essentially announce to Keisha that you're going, you have to provide documentation. You have to go up and, and, and scratch a scratch an athlete from an event. And if you don't, so a no show, you're disqualified for the rest of the state tournament. If you no show, you're going to be disqualified for the rest of the state tournament. But if you are scratched, you're eligible for the rest of the uh, rest of the event. So because Yarnell was not properly scratched from the shot put earlier, she was disqualified from discus. I'm going to read what one coach uh, who, who uh, will remain anonymous said. Uh, I don't think the way we have things set up in general is conducive to getting the best of the best at state in general. Uh, and, and this coach is referring to really the, how state softball and baseball and track overlap a little bit. They overlap for a day on that Friday. Uh, but we as coaches know this rule. It sucks, and it might be a stupid rule, but it's a rule that we all know about. We discuss it as a staff about scratches pre-meet every week, let alone state. I mean, the coach knew the rule, and so did their entire staff. I personally feel the adults failed the child. We had an athlete make it in both, and we're prepared to scratch them from an open event but and keep them in others. Those coaches knew the rule, and if she had been scratched properly, uh, Kendall Yarnell would have competed. And a lot of people are upset with Keisha, like, oh, why are you taking away the opportunity, uh, Kendall Yarnell, to compete? And I want to be clear about one thing real quick. I don't know Kendall Yarnell. I've never met her. I'm sure she is a lovely human being who makes a positive impact on a lot, on most of her community. And I'm sure she's going, and I'm sure she will live a very great life. And I'm sure this is going to be one of the worst days of her life too. She won't remember yesterday or she won't remember the state track meet fondly. And that that's unfortunate, but that is on the coach. Why Keisha differentiates between no shows and scratches. I don't know. Do I agree with the rule? I don't, I don't really know. I know you can't just have people showing up and not showing up to events. They're scheduled to compete in willy nilly. So I would imagine there's, that's part of the enforcement mechanisms in place to, pre, uh, to prevent stuff like that. But it's hard for me. You know, a lot of people are upset with Keisha, and this is the most viral thing about Keisha right now. And I'm thinking to myself, what about the litany of inequities that could be addressed with high school sports? It's hard for me to rally behind an athlete who comes from one of the most well-off parts of the state who had access to resources that schools like Chautauqua and St. Paul and Oswego can only dream about 
have heaven and earth moved for them to try and win as many state titles as possible, but an error on their own coach's behalf, we're gonna we're gonna be the boogeyman. For, you know, we're, we're gonna we want to run Casey up the wall for that. I'm not getting behind that. Come on down to Southeast Kansas, where a bunch of schools struggle to field teams, or they struggle to find uh, quality facilities. Parsons just got its pole vault back up and running. Parsons didn't have a pole vault until about a year or two ago, if that. Caden Berry, an athlete at Parsons, just set the new school record. You know why the school record had been the same for so long? Because they didn't run pole vault that often. Because they didn't have a coach qualified for it. You have to be specially qualified uh, and certified to coach pole vault. But come on down to Southeast Kansas where the resources are not made readily available. Go look at Columbus. They had Colt Dunhauer, a player who, who competed in state baseball. He scratched in an event earlier on Friday, comes down Saturday to compete in another event. He false started, but because he was properly scratched, he was allowed to compete at state track after he competed in state baseball for the Columbus Titans. It can be done. If, if schools in Southeast Kansas can figure it out, I'm sure Olathe can. It's hard for me to feel bad. Whether you agree or disagree with the rule of Keisha, and I'm going to be straight up and say that I feel like Keisha should separate the state track uh, from state baseball and softball. Whether you push one back a week or whether you uh, move w move one tournament to Thursday, Friday, and another one to Friday, Saturday, there, there's, or I'm sorry, one to Wednesday, Thursday, and one to Friday, Saturday. Nobody's going to have any major objections to that. In fact, that's something I agree with. You know, Hunter Schwegman had to stay in Salina and cover Chanute baseball, uh, competing for a state title. And I covered state track by myself for the two for the two area papers. I would have loved some reinforcement. It would help the media. It would help a lot of fans, and it would help the athletes. I agree that that rule should be changed. But don't sit there and blame Keisha for their scheduling because you forgot to because a coach at a, at a at a six A school forgot to fill out a form. That's on the coaches. That's not on Keisha. That's on the coaches. The coaches are the ones who failed the athlete there, not Keisha. The coaches were made available, of, uh, availed of every opportunity to ensure that their athletes had the most opportunity. That's what happened. That'll do it here for the War Room this week on KOKC Radio. We'll have a guest back next week. And I'm your host, Sean Fry. Everybody stay safe and God bless.